three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening. We are the Real Pineapple. This is Hunter. I'm here with Colin. Colin, how are you, friend? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm great. Uh, both our fancy teams are winning right now, so congrats yeah, on that. Yeah, they are. So congrats on that. Thank uh, you. God, congrats to you, too. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, two, we'll be 2-0 in one league and 1-1 one in the other one, so not a bad start. Not a bad start. But, uh, ah, God, I love football. But anyways, uh, speaking of things we love... Um, at least from my end, I I know we do try to talk about you know like oh we want to build suspense and I gotta be honest I just gotta jump in for my love on this film that we're about to review we're talking about a simple a simple favor which has Anna Kendrick which is great to see her in a movie that doesn't have pitch or perfect in the in the title and Blake Lively who after I saw the Shallows. She she's a really good actress. I, I you know I know everyone goes you know he's hot, which good god is she? But she really is damn talented. And this was directed by Paul Feig. Uh, Paul Feig, who of course did our favorite movie, that Ghostbusters reboot uh, <laughs> from a couple <laughs> years ago. Um, Paul Feig, I'll be honest, I I've really taken him to task multiple times on this podcast. I think Bridesmaids is one of those movies where. I think it's good, but I don't think it's as great as everyone, as most people, I feel like, think it is. I think it's a good movie, but it's not, you know, people are like, it's as good as The Hangover. I'm like, oh, okay, let's, <laughs> let's, let's calm down. I don't think it's that good. But then he did, um, he also did The Heat, which Colin, I have to admit, told me, hey, you should give this another shot. And I went back and rewatched it. I think it's a good, I think it's a good comedy. And then he did uh, Spy, which I, think is a masterpiece might be a little strong but i think that is just a damn hilarious movie it's one of the best performances of statham's career and then we got the ghostbusters which was just of the three of us i liked the most and i still wasn't crazy about it i went i definitely hated it the most (laughs) yeah no you definitely did i i remember in particular you're just like yeah i i don't i don't like this at all so we we get to that, that all brings us to this. And to be honest, man, the, the the interesting thing about this is the trailer tells you nothing. It's a very... It doesn't give you a lot. It just kind of tells you it's kind of dark, but there is some humor to it. And that's really kind of all it, it leaves you with. Which I appreciate, the fact the trailer didn't give away the whole fucking movie. And what I'll say about this is the movie really kept me guessing. Really all the way up until the end. Uh, what were kind of your expectations going into it? Yeah, that's a good point you made um, with the fact that, like, you didn't know too much going into it. Like, that's how I was, too. And and we've talked about this before, how certain trailers can really kind of hinder your enjoyment of a movie by, like, revealing too much. Yep. Um, So this was kind of the opposite effect, because I had the same feeling. Like, I went into this movie knowing nothing. Like, um, I basically knew the premise that... Um, you you know, uh, Blake Lively's character 
um, Emily. I just knew that she goes missing. And then Anna Kendrick is was some kind of vlogger and her friend and kind of goes on a, you know, a hunt to try and find her. And that's all I knew. Um, and going in with just knowing that, um, like you get like really kind of hit over the side of the head. Like, oh man, like there's twists and turns and it keeps you guessing, like you said, um, which I thought was awesome. Uh, and you were kind of hinting at the fact that you love this movie um, to kind of spoil suspense as well. I really did too. Oh, you see, you know, I I, I was re-listening to our Mission Impossible uh, Fallout review the other day and I went, ah, I, I do love when me and Colin do just connect <laughs> on a movie and we're not like, well, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. <laughs> because... I really did go in this going, it's Paul Fig and Anna Kendrick, I, I, while I love her, um, I did, was talking to someone the other day about that terrible movie that you told me about with her and Miles Teller get a job, and that is oh, still God, one of, bad. That is still one of those things I watched and I went, God damn, she was in that, that's right, and Pitch Perfect 3, if you've listened to the podcast for last year, you know about my pure, uncut hatred for Pitch Perfect 3, so I... I witnessed kind of going, Anna Kendrick, okay, girl, you know, make me like you again. And she's definitely kind of playing her type. But what's interesting about it is that it, it kind of turns her type on her, on on its on its head. Because she's playing that kind of naive, you know, fidgety, goofy, charming girl. But there's a point where you learn something about her character. Uh, and I went... Oh wow, that's really fucking dark. And the movie doesn't really let up with her character. And it really does a great job of taking these preconceived notions that I think you have about both of these actresses and kind of weaving that into their characters. So that when the end does come, I went, Oh, that was actually very clever the way they did that. Um, yeah, kind of your thoughts on Anna Kendrick and, uh, Miss Lively. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you said, Anna Kendrick's kind of, she can be a little hit and miss. Um, you yeah. know, they were, they were definitely squeezing every penny they could out of the Pitch Perfect series. So that just, those just got worse and worse. Um, but, um, I thought she was really, I mean, I love her and Mike and Dave need wedding dates. <laughs> I, I do love, I do love her in that too. <laughs> and she was paired up with Aubrey Plaza kind of like opposite of in that one, um, which worked out really well. And, you know, she, she works really well. I feel like when she has a good counterpart and, um, her and Blake Lively really worked um really well on this one but yeah like you were saying like i love that you know they paint this picture of her and she's you know like the most innocent um you know she she won't even swear you know if someone swears she she says it has to go in the whoopsie jar like type of thing you know like like this type that type of like super um innocent mom character uh, but like you said like this movie it hits you with all kinds of twists and turns and she has this dark past that they um, kind of unveil, and it's all unveiled because of her relationship with Blake Lively, who is, man, she was fun to yeah. watch in this movie. Like, when they first introduce her, and she walks out of this of the car, and it's raining, and she picks up her kid, and she, all she's talking about is how she needs a martini, <laughs> and, like, her just, like, um, matter-of-fact, like, just you know, New York executive type of attitude. Like, the two of them playing off each other was incredible. What, what, what were your thoughts on Blake Lively? 
So I mean this in the nicest way, and I hope he hears this. Uh, Blake Lively's character, uh, Emily, she reminds she remind me of a female version of Kyle. And I mean that in the <laughs> sense of you need that friend who just doesn't give a fuck and will just always speak their mind. And I went, there, and I was sitting there watching, and I went, yeah, this is Kyle. Like, this is Kyle, it, you know, he's very dapper in what she wears, and she, she enjoys she enjoys her uh, her sauce and just Kyle, really Kyle being our old high school friend who's yeah who says basically whatever's on his mind no matter yeah. what the situation yeah who who's been on some reviews with us by yeah, the way yeah. uh, check out that Zoolander two review that's that's prime that's prime real estate Kyle but I thought that I thought that Blake Lively was so funny because she makes she's talking about you know boozing it up and then right after that she makes a joke about basically killing herself in the house after her and Anna Kinder get there I went. Oh wow, that's that's damn. All right, this is this is the kind of person you are. That's fine. And what I found interesting about their dynamic is that uh, Anna Kendrick, uh, her character uh, Stephanie, you feel like she wants to be Emily, and then there's that point where she realizes how dark Emily's uh, life really is, and ha- and the movie kind of. It gives you breadcrumbs. It's very much kind of like a sixth sense in that uh, in that sort of way, where it gives you little drops of, okay, this is kind of where we're going. This is where we're kind of going. And and while I like to put stuff together, I did find it fun to just kind of sit back and let the movie uh, kind of reveal everything to me, if that makes sense. Instead of trying to figure it out, you, you can't. I, I mean, does that, does that that kind of makes sense, or yes. Sorry, our <laughs> technical difficulties. I'm I'm, oh, dude, I'm losing you a little bit here. Um, what what was the question? <laughs> oh no no, you're all good. I was just asking. Like, I mean, did you find yourself kind of just enjoying sitting back and letting the movie kind of reveal everything to you? Like, yeah, de- definitely. And that and that's the that's the type of movies that like I really like lose myself in and like don't start looking at my watch and don't you know the the, the amount of time ticking by like really kind of is a non issue. Um, like, you know, the mystery unfolding here was like, so, you know, interesting. I just wanted to see what the next twist was, the next, um, turn that the plot took. Like, you know, I was, I was all in and, and, um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't necessarily like edge of your seat type of like, you know, in like tense situations. Like there was a few near the end, but, um, for the most part, like, yeah, like you said, just, you just sit back and. And just enjoy it, which is, you know, that's, that's a big compliment for a movie. Yeah, so full spoilers uh, for this film. So basically, Emily disappears, and she's gone for, I think they say, about a week, I want to say. And she's, uh, she has Stephanie pick up her kid and goes, hey, like, you know, I'm stuck here at work. Would you mind picking up my kid? And she's like, yeah, sure. And they've become friends, and there's a scene where they're... That it kind of flashes back to where they're on the couch and they're having uh, martinis. I think the thing that one of the hardest laughs I got is there's a point where Emily makes a martini and goes, "Ah, oh, this is not a martini," and goes to the, fri- uh, the freezer, pulls out a frozen glass with frozen gin, and makes another martini and chugs it very quickly, like <laughs> just one, like one genuine gulp. I went. Damn, that's I went good for you, girl. That's yeah. Impressive. I was like, geez, she's a badass. <laughs> yeah, I, I went okay. That's a girl you don't want to drink with. That that's a life of the party sort of girl. And 
I think what I found interesting is I, I'm blanking. Oh, I think the secret that Emily said was that she stole uh, her husband, uh, Sean, who's played by Henry Golding, uh, stole his mom's ring or something like that. Was that her secret, I think, if Mary serves? Or... Uh, y- yeah, I mean, that she had told Anna Kendrick's character that she had been given it, um, but then it's later That's revealed right. um, by the husband. That he's like, oh no, she was not given that. She definitely stole that from my mother. And I think this is where the movie took a turn for me. Because you're expecting Anna Kendrick's secret to kind of be, you know, like, oh, you know, like Jay walked once or something like that. But she she reveals that her kid, they'll come right out and say it, but they heavily imply that it's her, was it her half-brother's? It, it was, it was, cousin, yeah, it was, cousin. it was right after her father died. Um, That's right. Um, a, a, a son that her father had had with another woman. So her, yeah, her half brother that she had never met before showed up at the funeral. And it was said that he was a spitting image of her father when she was, when he was younger. So it was like her mother saw a ghost. Yeah. And then, and, and they basically have this moment where they're both grieving and, she fucks her half brother. I went, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Like, like I'll be honest, man. Like, we I think we talk on the podcast a lot about how we're both pretty. I mean, dude, we've probably seen a thousand, if not more, movies. I mean, just between you know, we, we've both watched a lot of film. That made me cringe. I'm like, holy shit. Okay, and I think that's when the movie kind of goes. All right, well, you're in it now. <laughs> like, yeah. exp- I mean. And she was trying to, like, she was trying to just pass it off like they just kissed, too. But, like, Emily's character was like, nope, nope, that's not the whole thing, is it? She's like, swear on your father's grave. And she just sat there and wouldn't say anything. And she was like, you brother fucker. So that is one of my favorite ongoing jokes in the whole movie. She calls her brother fucker probably saw ten times. I laughed every time. I went, oh, that's so fucking mean but that's really fucked up that that happened yeah. in the first place so. I know. So. And she, she was like relentless too i was like damn <laughs> like you're so kind yeah when she said swearing your father's grave i went ooh. like as you did that out loud i went ooh, okay yeah and it came just like ah, 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 and she does that stutter you, you know and she goes oh you brother fucker and what's fucked up right then yeah What's fucked up? She goes, oh, I like you. She's like, oh, we're going to get along. I went, Jesus, okay. <laughs> I was like, like, geez, man, you fucked up. <laughs> like, brother fucker, okay. So once Emily goes missing, it really is just a sort of, you know, who done it. And I think if you think about it hard enough, basically my two my two thoughts were clone or, twi- or, or twin. That was pretty much, as soon as they showed, uh, pardon me, Emily's tattoo, because they find her body in this uh, in this lake in the car, and they pull her out. As soon as they showed the tattoo, I went, uh, "It's a twin." Like that was my first thought. But yeah, I wasn't. I, I was actually right there with you, especially when um, the son is like, "Mommy was there at school today. I saw her." Yeah. And I was just like, "Oh, it's probably identical twin," which is is possibly like the only real gripe I had with the movie. And apparently, this yeah. is based off of a book because. It's it's kind of like the uh, like I, for all of of all the great twists this movie had, I thought that was the most obvious way it could have gone, and then it Agreed. ended up that's what it was. So that was a little bit of a letdown for me, but not no, a I, huge I, one. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think the problem is that you write yourself in that corner. There's only a couple things that it could be, 
and the most logical one. Again, the most, you know, the, the most obvious, but the one that I thought, okay, this would kind of make the most sense, would be the twin. So when it was revealed, I went, eh, okay. And, and like you were saying, like, we, we've seen a lot of movies, so I was just like, I immediately went, I was just like, you know, I went to like, you know, like, um, I, I forget if it's like The Illusionist or The, or the Prestige, um, or I, I feel like there's... You know, there's just been so many stories done where, like, the big twist is like, oh, it was an identical twin. And I'm like, you know, it's not the most original writing at no, this no, point no. anymore. No, it's not. But I will say what kind of sal- – what saved is a little bit strong, but what salvaged it for me is how they did show the relationship the twins had. It it, it was – it was sweet until it got fucked up, if that makes sense. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. at first you're like, oh, wow, they, the sisters, they really care about each other. And then it just goes where they they bur- they burn their parents' house down. You're yeah. like, oh, wow. That's- it's like, oh, it, it turns out she had worse secrets after all. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so maybe I'm, a ma- maybe I'm remembering this wrong. I feel like they implied that their father molested them. Tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like they implied that. I could be wrong, but I feel like they did. I don't know if I felt like I caught that okay. implicitly. Like I felt like it was more like abuse, but that, okay, not but not sexual abuse. I guess yeah. I just I never I never caught that. I could be wrong. No, no, no. That's that's fair because I was I was kind of blanking. I was trying to remember if 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 they did or not. He def- it was definitely at least at minimum abuse. Like yeah, psychological he, and physical, yeah. He beat the shit out of them. Yeah. And that that, and again, like, and, and I'll be honest, man. This is gonna sound weird, but I think having sisters, like younger sisters, stuff like that, really does just make me go. I mean, it would hopefully hit me just being a, you know, a moral human being, but I think that shit just does hit me more. And just especially when you see the other sister, like from their perspective seeing it be done i'm just like that shit makes my skin crawl so Mm -hmm. when they burnt so when they burned the house down i went okay maybe a bit of an overreaction (laughs) did you think it was weird that like and i felt like it just you know it it was probably used to to, you know set the scene but i thought it was a little weird that it was just like the house was still all burnt and like half standing yet it was burnt down like you know, like over a decade ago or something like that. No, no, that's fair. And now, I mean, and this this is getting nitpicky at this point. Oh, but, no, no, no. I, but it's just definitely something I noticed, and I was like, wait, wouldn't they have like, like demolished that part of the house at this point? Yeah, no, logistically, I thought the same thing. I'm kind yeah. of like, all right, that's that, nitpicky though for sure. But I, I will say, just kind of, kind of wrapping up. I mean, as far as the plot. What's interesting about the movie is is how it wraps up. I think the only other gripe, and I think this is kind of nitpicky to an extent, but the reason why Emily did what she did, she did it for her kid, but it was literally for the insurance money. And I kind of went, uh, like, like it's not enough for make me, you know, ding it too much. But I, I think if we're gonna bring up the fact that there's a, you know, is a twin sister. We kind of have to bring up. We did it for the insurance money. It, it's for that, you know, that uh, that daytime soap opera sort of trope. As far as as far as why they did it, what did and and I and I truly mean did salvage it for me is Emily. The last I would say forty five minutes probably of this movie, she goes full on fucking psycho, and I went, holy shit, this is not good. I mean, 
there's a point where she meets uh, Sean, uh, Henry Golding's character, her uh, her husband in a uh, like a cafe or like a restaurant, and basically tells her uh, tells him, "Hey, if I go down, you're going down with me." And then goes, "Oh yeah, meet me in the bathroom in 20 seconds, like because I want you to fuck me." I went, "Jesus Christ, he's insane!" <laughs> but, but I'll be yeah, honest. that that guy, by the way, man, he, I mean, he, it's his own fault that he keeps he's so infatuated with her that he oh, can't dude, like yeah. let her go. But man, he really got taken for a ride, and he was completely innocent in all of this. <laughs> he was, and, and the thing is, this is where my practical brain and my dude brain were at odds because there's a point where. We talk about where he steals his uh, his mother's ring, and he goes like, "Oh, we'll just say that you know that actually fell into your bag or whatever." And she goes, "Oh, that would imply that I'm going to give it back." And I went, "Uh oh!" And he kind of looks at her like, "Wait, what?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm not giving this back. She wants me to have it." And he's like, "Um, no, she doesn't." She's like, "She's like, don't." She's like, "Look, it's either her or me." And I went, "Dude, this is your out. Like, get out right now!" And then she goes the bathroom and so goes i'm gonna go to the bathroom i want you to meet me there in 20 seconds and the the practical part of my brain went <laughs> she's fucking crazy you need to get out while you can but the other part the dude part of me went dude if blake lively was like fuck me in the bathroom in 20 seconds like, well <laughs> yeah like, that, like and that's, i'm that's still mad go- at you <laughs> that's her go-to move too like she she got him with it twice he's just like i can't i can't say no Dude, it's, it's like Kobe's. It's like Kobe's crossover, man. Yeah. Like it's a, it's, it's a fish. And, like, G, and geez, man, like she, she ruined this guy. Like his whole mm-hmm. life. Like he was like a successful author, and at one point in the movie, he's talking to Anna Kendrick's character, um, Stephanie, and he's just like, yeah, like after I met her, you know, I just gave up writer writing. It's like my full time job was just chasing her because he was just like. You know, he was, like, put under her spell, you know? And, he, like, that dude, like, he would have been so much better off if he never even met her. Which, when he dropped that line, that, bro- as an artist, man, that broke my fucking heart when he said that. I went, holy shit. Like, it, it's such a demoralizing line just for any artist to hear that shit. I went, yeah. oh, my God, really? No, his, and- his story throughout this was sad. Yeah, and they did a really good job of making him... Because the thing is, I think he genuinely does fall in love with Stephanie, but Emily, you know, is so mad because she, you know, she fakes her death, but she's watching Stephanie. And I really do think, and this is where I, I think there is some debate. I really feel like Stephanie was just trying to be there as a good person for uh, Sean and her kid and, and their kid. But then there's that point where she falls into the routine. She's making them dinner. She's, you know, picking the kids up. She's picking out his clothes in the morning and all this like she's being she's getting what she wanted like through means she didn't want at all but she is getting that dream life she wanted and how emily really does feel genuine jealousy and anger to the fact that stephanie just slid right in uh the way sean slid in stephanie zing but, uh, but <laughs> and, and that and that was the whole reason why and that and that was like a, a that was one of the whole plot points that I really did think was good writing was that like, that was the reason that really kind of threw a wrench in Emily's plan. Like if Stephanie never had done any of that, like Emily could have just sat by the wayside and probably, you know, just waited for the insurance money to come in and everything would have been fine. But like, she just could not take the fact that Stephanie like just took over her life and it drove her crazy to the point where she started, 
you know, giving all these hints that she was still alive. And then Stephanie, you know, goes on the manhunt to go find her. What I will say, um, as far as a masterclass, so just guys, we kind of wrap up. The way that Emily fucks with Stephanie, I thought was so cruel, but so brilliant. So there's this point where Stephanie moves all of uh, St- uh, Emily's like designer shoes and clothes and stuff out of her closet and starts putting her own stuff in. And then maybe like a few hours later, she comes back and all her shit's back in the closet. I went, oh, that's fucking cruel. And Stephanie <laughs> rightfully so is like, the fuck? Like, he's freaking out, as any person would. Mm-hmm. And That's a good scene. I like that. Yeah, that I mean that made me laugh really hard. And there's a scene at um, at uh, Emily's uh, fake grave site that Emily and Stephanie have basically they, they kind of put all their cards out on the table. And I went, I really appreciate that scene because it is just a chance for them, with, really with no backdrop, to kind of just go toe for toe, toe to toe. And I went, you know what? Damn, that that's how you do a scene like that. Yeah, cut cut all the bullshit. Yeah, and and it had like in just like in going with the style of the movie, like and style being the main word, like that scene had a lot of style. You know, it was like yeah, it did. You know, this this movie is dripping with style, um, which is just another kind of like aesthetically pleasing part about this movie. The whole time, it's just it's like it's it's just it's it's fun to watch because of all the you know glitz and glamour and you know well laid out sets and and um um wardrobe that they're all wearing and i'll give i'll give paul Fe- uh, paul Feig a lot of credit the way this film was shot i thought was just very aesthetically pleasing i mean the lighting i thought was just wonderfully done and the way it goes from scenes that are supposed to be darker to sort of the stepford wife kind of glitzy glamoury glamoury sort of aspect to it i thought it balanced the tones really well and i appreciate that the movie kind of dipped its toe in the darkness at first and then really kind of immerses you more and more in it well this reminded me very much of something like death to smoochie where there is a lot of brightness and a lot of colors to it but this is very dark subject matter that's being taken on and death to smoochie that's one of my favorite comedies ever i fucking love death to smoochie yeah it's a great movie Uh, and this reminded me very much of that um kind of wrapping up for me a couple of nitpicks aside, I just i I can't quite get it to a fan fucking tastic. I, I think there were some nitpicks that we brought up that I thought were were fair to bring up. Um, probably the biggest compliment I can give this movie. This was a two hour movie. It did not feel like it. It flew by. I looked at my watch. After, I looked at my phone after I got out. I went, "Wow, that was two hours! Holy shit!" Um, it, it really just flew by like like that. So. I'm going to give this a solid A. I think this will definitely make my top 10. It will probably be a little lower on the list. But, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Solid A for me. Uh, Colin, kind of your thoughts on the final grades are. Nice. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'll say before I, I wrap up all my thoughts is we have to bring up the detective real quick. Because that dude was hilarious. Yeah, that's fair. Detective Somerville. Um I'm not even going to try and say his name, but he, it's like Bashir or something, Salahuddin. <laughs> but, dude, that guy was hilarious. <laughs> um, he was just, like, making little subtle jabs at, like, <laughs> um, Anna Kendrick. He's just like, you don't, you don't, you're not good with police, are you? <laughs> like, but, yeah, he had, like, a lot of funny lines. Um, but um, overall thoughts, yeah, the it, it was just, like really fun to watch like it was it's you know if you want to just 
you know, go see a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, you like a good mystery. Uh, you like twists and turns, like which I love all of that. Um, and at the same time, just have like a boatload of fun. Like, dude, this movie was a great time. It the plot gets a little convoluted as it's you know entering its third act, but I felt like it tied itself all together pretty well. Um, like you said, there was a good scene where Anna Kendrick and um, uh, Blake Lively kind of lay all their cards on the table and cut all the bullshit, and it kind of wraps everything up pretty well. Like y- y- it ties it up pretty well with a bow, um, and then you get a pretty um, um, good rewarding finish at the end. Um, but yeah, a lot of fun. Um, I would definitely watch this movie again. Uh, great acting, um, just really well done all overall. Um, not not perfect, but I'm with you. I'm gonna give it a solid A. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I think this is the most I've liked Anna Kendrick in something since probably Mike and Dave. And I mean, as far as, like, a serious role, yeah. Um, I feel like no one saw the voices. I feel like I'm the only person that ever watched that movie. Yeah. My favorite with her was always Up in the Air. I love that movie. She's great in that. Yeah. But, yeah, this is my favorite with, with her in a while as well. Yeah, and Blake Lively, man, she she's really, I mean, between this and uh, The Shallows and The Town, that was a few years back, she's really become an actress that I can... I see her in something, I go, oh, okay. Um, plus, you get to see her and Anna Kendrick make out for a little bit, which I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I I was missing my beer. I was like, I was like, oh. <laughs> like I, Came I, out of nowhere, too. I was like, oh, really that happens. All right. Yeah. I, I, mean, I wasn't it. Compl- <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't complaining at all, but I was like, damn. I was like, okay. I was like, oh, like, easy movie. But, but. <laughs> There's people around. <laughs> yeah, God. Can't just I'm throw like, that at me out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm all Mr. Skin, but I... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I give this movie a lot of credit. And Paul Feig, man, credit to him, because I'm not always his biggest fan, as I have openly mm. said, but uh, kudos to him, man. He did a hell of a job with yeah. this. Yeah, he's, he's, he can make a good, a really good movie. He's 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 definitely got a good resume of, of some good ones. He's got some stinkers in there, but he's got a lot of good <laughs> ones. But, uh, yeah, guys, love Stone Shoot Thought in the comments below. You can follow us on uh, iTunes, uh, Google Play Music, and SoundCloud at The Real Pineapple. Go ahead and give us a rating. Give us five stars. Let us know what you think of the podcast. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow our buddy Scott on Twitter. We miss you, Scott, at Nearman the First. You can follow Colin on Twitter at The Real O'Neill. And you can go ahead and like us on Facebook as well at The Real Pineapple. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll have a review up for uh, The House Was a Clock in the Walls as well as a review for... You know, I'm not going to review review Quiet Place. I want I want to talk to you about that. But I'm going to go ahead and talk about the Emmys. Because Emmys are on tonight, which I went... That's kind of random that they're on on Monday. So I will have thoughts on uh, the Emmys as well this weekend. But uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.